Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Pregnant ladies and little kids better get the hell out of the way. Because I am running. I'm just, I'm like Forrest Gump, dude. I am running. So... The Titanic was the biggest ship on the ocean, but that didn't mean it was unsinkable. <laughs> I want you to use ombudsman in a sentence next week. I got one for you. My name is Kevin, the official ombudsman to the Desperate Spike Podcast. You like apples? Welcome back into another edition of the Just Press Play podcast. LJ is out this week, but we have me, Kevin, joined by Pops, Uncle Tony. What's going on, fellas? What's up? What's up? Good to see you, boys. Yeah, yeah. We got we got a lot of sports going on. There's we. I mean, well, we don't have baseball going on because they canceled or, or pushed back or whatever. We'll get into that. We got some NBA stuff going on. We might just touch on a little. Uh, it's time for all the hoop heads who are into March Madness and into the tournament to start really kind of focusing in. And on, of course, ESPN is still milking every second they can out of Cowboys and, and Aaron Rodgers news. I swear every morning when I turn on ESPN, they're teasing like an Aaron Rodgers or Cowboys story. And the story hasn't changed in a month, but we're neither here nor there. We'll, we'll touch on it all. We got a lot coming for you. And I, I do want to – usually we hit – Bougie problems later in the show, and I believe we'd have bougie problems from both Pops and Uncle Tony later on. Yes, I want to go ahead and get one out of the way from me, just because <laughs> I feel like people can hear it. I don't. I don't usually have allergy problems, but all of a sudden, spring hit. I, it was icy like four days ago in Central Arkansas, and now spring is here, and my nose is effed up. It's like Pops. I don't know. I think I told this to you earlier. It's I, if you ever drink like Alka Seltzer, it's like you put Alka Seltzer in a water bottle and then close the cap and the pressure is just building up. My my face just has, it feels like my nose is about to bust. What I don't know what to do, Pops. It's killing me. Oh, God. I just hope it doesn't happen on this podcast because I can see <laughs> it. Uh, that would be bad. <laughs> I was about to say that'd be good TV, at least it's something, but well, we're not on TV. We're recording. So, yeah, who... <laughs> Who knows? So if I sound funky, that's what it is. We're we're, we're what well, the JPP pod's here for you. We battle through the injuries. We don't we don't plan through a, pain, a baby. Little, no, play through it. the pain. Just we all got to do our job, as Bill Belichick said. Um, let's start. Where do we want to start at? Do we want to start a little college basketball? I think this past yeah. weekend we're recording this on Wednesday night. Uh, this past weekend, and and for what it's worth, I'm sure because I know the three people here, we're going to mention the Arkansas Razorbacks. They are playing, I think, either as we record or they're about to start, and we're not keeping up with that game, so we could be off on a, a few things. So if they have just like lost or beat LSU, just know that we didn't know that going in. Um, but uh, Tony, was it seven of the top ten? All seven top seven lost. Yeah. I think eight out of the top ten lost. It was a wild weekend in college. First time ever since they've been uh, tracked it like that. I think, um, which is thirty thirty five years, something like that. Um, yeah, top, they, they all lost. And, uh, it was really interesting. 
Um, I think it it points out a, little, a lot of the parity in the top 12 teams. I think there's still haves and have-nots, but it's going to be a very interesting tournament. And um, But, yeah, I uh, you know, some of those were double-digit losses. I mean, Arizona took it on the chin out in Colorado. Arizona took it on the chin, and really, Gonzaga, they were, I think, yeah. they never led the entire time of that game. I mean, First the, the time score ever. wasn't double-digit, but it was – yeah. They were never in control. It wasn't like one of those where they got snuck up on. Then there was a – the Kentucky-Arkansas game was a good game. Actually, mm-hmm. I came away – obviously, I feel good about the Razorbacks getting a win, but came away actually feeling decent about Kentucky as a team. Just they battled with two guys coming back from injury. I think what it shows me, I think you touched on it, Tony. Last year going into the tournament, we had a good tournament last year, but it felt like to me it was. I was very confident that either Gonzaga and Baylor, if not mm-hmm. both, would make the Final Four and probably the championship. Yeah. Then they both did make that. Yeah. Um, this year, I don't know if there's a team that I'm like that's that's a Final Four for sure. There's some teams yeah. I like, yeah. but would you would you agree with some of that? I would agree, definitely. There's it's it, it is you know you've seen all the movement in the top ten all year long, and the thing I think it's funny and it, don't get into too great a detail, but. The ACC is is really down this year, and I think that's what's impacted that top ten very much. Because normally, when Duke gets in the top five, they stay in the top five, and they've got somebody, whether it's Virginia or or North Carolina or someone that's that's pushing them. And there is none in that in the ACC. This is probably the lowest the ACC has been in in uh, quite a few years. Pops, I, I want to get your thoughts on this. I know this is kind of the time where you're probably starting to you know try to catch a Saturday game, try to you know. Conference tournaments where you probably watch the most, but getting ready for March Madness. I'm curious, do you have something you look for in a team? Like, like say you just happen to catch a, a random Tuesday night in Wisconsin's playing Purdue. They're both top ten teams. Are you? Is there something that you see sometimes in a team that makes you go, "Ooh, I kind of like that." I, I might pick them to win a couple rounds in the tournament. You know, I've always been a big proponent of the backcourt. I really like to look at the backcourt. I like. To have for those like a point guard shooting guard, uh, yeah, the, the two guards, the, the the one the 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 one guard and the two guard. Um, I mean, I like you know, but because what's the job of the of the two guard is to help the one card one guard get it up the court if he needs to, and then you know to, to hit shots. But you you just need, I think, you need guards to handle pressure, um, and 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 keep the cool head and get the ball up the court, and then I mean, I really you know love a, a pit snoggle in the middle, you know, some big guy. That can can work can work that top of the key can can pass out of it or shoot so so those are things I always look for is is a is a good kind of power forward kind of guy with a little range and then and then good a good backcourt are the two th- are the things I look for. Well, one team I did I mean I mentioned this because I just watched them on Tuesday night and they did they clinched the Big Ten regular season title, but Wisconsin does have Jonathan Davis, who's the guard that. He can really light up and win you a game by himself. Then they got Brad Davidson, who I swear has to be like a ninth year senior. I think he's been there for 10 years now. And then that, and then they got this freshman named Hepburn. I'm not exactly sure, but he just, he made that big shot last night. He kind of has the green light. Yeah, he made the big shot last night, but he will shoot, he will shoot you in and out of a game at times. But I kind of like that, like you're saying, that combination of guards where you have the veteran, you also have the guy that can just explode and win you a game. The, I'm with you. I like looking for a team who has at least one good senior guard or, or, or upperclassman that kind of understands the tournament, understands hard games, but then also being able to break a press because we've seen so many games turn around where 
all of a sudden the press starts working and everyone clams up and and that team ends up losing. Tony, is there maybe it's that also, but is there something else you kind of look for in teams where you're kind of like, this is the first time I've watched this team. Let's see if they got yeah. X. The, it, it's X. You look for X. And so some teams like Arkansas, it's defense. And they've got a unique defense. What's unique about this team? You've got some teams that have, have four or five guys that can shoot 30% or more from three-point range. That makes them tough. Uh, when The last time Villanova won the national championship, they had that. Um, and, and so it just happens. The, the other thing uh, – the, so that X factor, the other two things I look for is is length on the perimeter, guards that are 6'4 or higher. Because that can really negate some of those sh- the the mid mid um, mid major shooting because the mid majors don't have to shoot over six 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 seven small forward. They just don't see that all the time. They don't all see that. They get Forty minutes of a, right. a six five guard. It's like oh yeah. shit. And then and then uh, lift set at the pits noggle. But I'm looking for that monster that that six eight six nine two seventy guy that. You know he's just intimidating. Don't come down the lane unless you want to end up end up on your ass. And so those kind of guys, um, if you've got someone like that, that's what I look for: length and and that that bruiser there, in the middle. Is there a is there a team that you've seen so far that fits one of those categories? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen it, and I started watching more uh, basketball once football was over. But um, here. Here's a team that I really like, and I've been watching more and more, and that's Villanova. Uh, UConn had them beat. I mean, absolutely beat last week. I'm, I made uh, I watched UConn Villanova, and for all this, Big East looks really good. But Villanova has this kid Dixon, who's just he's six eight and two. I was pulling up, he's six eight two fifty five, and he's a monster. And they've got the ninth year senior Gillespie. You know, last year. Villanova coming down the stretch was like, who's going to beat Villanova? And then Gillespie goes down and misses the whole and tournament. Gets hurt, yeah. And and they're and they're out. He's back and he's a fifth or sixth year senior and lighten it up. And he's six, I think he's six three. And so he's not a small guard. He can go down low and play. Um and so if he stays healthy, I really like I think Villanova has that. Length on the perimeter, uh and, and then that that Dixon down in the middle. But um they beat Providence the other night. And so uh so that that's what I kind of do is kind of look for that. And the other thing is I'll start watching, you, you know, I'll stay up late and watch tournaments next week, you know, and see different games and first round, second rounds for those teams that are bubble teams or for those teams that are, that are solidly in the tournament. We don't hear much about them. That's when I start watching and looking at it. Well, and another factor I think is worth looking into, and this one's a little harder because you can't just watch one game and pick this up as much. You kind of have to have seen them two or three times, but if you can find a team where it really feels like everybody knows their role on that mm, roster, because yeah, yeah. you, you find teams where there's just clearly two or three different guys who think they're the leading scorer. One one of those teams to me, and I think Auburn could be a championship level team, but there's times where their two guards think they are the guy. And J- Jabari Smith is not the guy. I'm like, you have the number one overall mm-hmm. pick, the best player maybe in the tournament. And sometimes they think their role is like, I'm the stud. I need the ball. Whereas in – I, Arkansas has flaws, but I do think one thing Musselman does a good job in general and has done this year is by the time it rolls around to March, everyone kind of knows, okay, I'm I'm a rebounding son of a gun. I'm a shooter. Mm-hmm. I'm the ball handler. And everybody kind of knows their role. And and that's one thing. And you kind of can get that watching a couple conference tournaments, Tony, like you're saying. Yeah. You know, okay, this team just 
Everybody knows what their job is, and no one's trying to do more or less than what they need to. And when you find that team, circle them yeah. because they usually can make a run to like the Sweet 16 or Elite yeah. 8. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Kevin, I didn't realize Jabari Smith is 6'10". I knew he was a big kid, but he oh, is he six. And, oh, he's good. He has a stroke. <laughs> First two picks in the uh, The NBA only thing draft? that can stop Jabari Smith to me is those guards on Auburn. Who Those guards aren't bad. It's just they sometimes forget – I have a I have a Kevin Durant light over here. Just get him the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, and and that's what's fun about now is that you start to learn a lot about these teams. And to segue over into the Arkansas um, games this past week that were you know critical for them, you know Saturday Audisi Tony scored maybe two or four points, but he he took he's on, like my third. He's up there for top favorite players on the he team. He took he always takes on the matchup they have the most problem with and shuts them down. And so the um they're a uh, Kentucky's three point shooter Grant or is it I can't I missing his name right now. The guy that made the three pointer with less than two minutes to play. Less than one to play. And I it was his first his it was his first about. shot. I mean he averages like 13, 15 points a game at forty something percent from three point range. He, he that was his only points of the game from the field. Uh, DC Tony didn't score any, but he shut that guy down because he took him on the perimeter and muscled him up, and he couldn't get a shot. To me, that was the key of the game. And what's fun about the Razorbacks is that they find a way to do that every game. They find that matchup that they can they can have an advantage of, and they and they go try to take care of it. Well, and Tony, something I just love about him, he's – I say only. I mean, he's 6'6", so it's not short. But yeah. when you watch him sometimes, you think he's like might be 6'10", because he lives on the offensive glass at times and, and gets you those extra second possession, third possession that end up being so crucial. And then, of course, there's Jalen Jalen Williams out there. I think that the team has totally decided J.D. Note is that guy for us, and he's going to be mm-hmm. – he actually has a chance at winning SEC Player of the Year, I think. I kind of think he might be that. depends yeah. how they finish off the season. But yeah. – I guess where I'm getting at is I'm nervous because I'm really buying into the Arkansas Razorbacks. Yeah. And I just don't want to get my heart broken. But I really – I told this to a friend. Uh, Cody Lewis is probably listening to this. I told – we, me and him talked about a month and a half ago, two months ago, when before Arkansas really started rattling off a bunch of wins and things were looking a little rocky. And we both came to the conclusion like we're not sure about it, but we trust Musselman to kind of figure out and figure out the locker room and – it feels like he's done the same thing as last year where everybody's kind of learned what they need to do and they play hard and they seem to play hard for each other. And the only problem is they're not going to get all these tough matchups at home. I, something about playing at Bud Walton, that team yeah. is hard to beat in Bud Walton Arena. Yeah. I know we're biased, but I think I think you can actually pull up some stats and maybe, Tony, you might have, I think, a couple of weeks ago. When you look back at it, I think Bud Walton might be one of the tougher places to play for any top team right now. Any top, and their stats that back that up. I can't. We don't have the exact things, but four and zero now against ranked opponents in Bud Walton just this year, and then they're number two all time, I think, against ranked opponents. Number two, I think against top five. I think it was number two all time against top five ranked opponents at home. Yeah, Um, and second only to Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. And here's the secret. Last thing I'll say about the Razorbacks, we can move on, but the secret. Unless y'all want to talk more about it, because I'm excited about them. I've been watching them now all year. It's it's really good. Um, the secret the secret weapon for Eric Musselman, and that people don't talk about it a lot, but I, I read this in an interview last week that um, uh, you know he cut his teeth in the D League or the G League with in the NBA, where your roster turns over 
not only just every season, but multiple times during the season. And so he talked right. about, hey, I got a guy. I signed a guy for 10 days. I had him for one game, and he was gone. They pulled him up. He did so good. So Musselman knows how to really look at a roster and get it to match up and figure out what do, what's their best role on this particular lineup. And I think he does a tremendous job of that, and that's why he's been successful these next these these last three years. Because in well, twenty twenty, he he'd have done he really must well. Get through to players too, because you have a guy like you're talking about, Audie's Tony, who's I think a fifth year senior transfer from Pittsburgh, and he's come in and just decided, oh, y'all need me to be that grit and grind, dirty. I'm not gonna yeah. get. I might not get a bucket, but just play my ass off. Okay, cool. Like so, you got to really love love your coach. If a guy yeah. who's coming, who's a veteran, who's like, okay, I'll yeah. let these freshmen or young guys be the guy, and I'll just come get offensive boards, whatever you need. So yeah, you you gotta love him. As much as I've seen him yell at JD Note, just looks like he's gonna rip his head off, and JD just smiles at him. Okay, okay, okay. You know, and he just <laughs> walks over. It's like, man, there must he must really like that guy because otherwise, well, a lot it, of the a, players a that I see that will just rip him off. JD Note? Is, is it a no a Mude? Isn't that his name? Or Stanley Amude? Stanley Amude? Yeah. yeah. He he's a guy who I, I don't think he's like a stud stud, but he has qualities where I'm like, okay, he can shoot a three. He can post up a smaller player. Like he has some some moments where I'm like, this guy could be a real offensive talent. Like he's, really talented. He's the he's the offensive key for this team. And the reason he is right, is because okay. He's the guy that can hit the mid-range jumper. And we talked about Jimmy, Jimmy Witt, uh, yep. uh, Justin Smith. When we, when the, when Musselman's team have been successful, you've got to be able to hit a mid-range jumper in order for you to pull out of the lane. And if you can hit a mid-range jumper, then you can go back to three point. The mid-range jumper is, is key and Amude can hit it. He's the guy, him and Devo Davis, who's turned it around. They can hit mid-range jumpers. And if they can do that, it pulls the defense away, and then Jalen Williams can do his thing, and then everybody, the whole damn team, drives to the bucket. It's crazy, you know. That's how Pops, you get the second it, amount of free throws taken in the league in the in the well. And the whole I brought up a mood day. I brought up a mood day because I thought it was funny. There was a game where he he got hot. It was a couple weeks back, and he hit like three or four threes in, in a half. And one of them, he pulled up in a fast break, and you could tell as he pulled up, Musselman's hot, and then it drains it. And even after the game, he both turns. of them talked to him. It's like he after the game, Musselman even goes, "Yeah, I was pissed off at him, but he made it. So what it is, what it is." And Amude <laughs> even tweeted after, like, "Coach, I know that wasn't a shot you wanted, but I'm glad it went in this time." Like, there's a good relationship where they can yeah. be yelled at, but yeah. also still be friends. And pops, I have to ask you this, and then we'll move off. Um, Jalen Williams is he too good to be a consideration for a pit snuggle? He he, he pat, he's a decent passer as a big man. He gets a lot of rebounds. He kind of surprised. He can surprise you and hit a big three every now and then. Well, I mean, I hate to stereotype, but but pit snuggles have generally kind of been big, burly, ugly guys. <laughs> you know, it's and generally have been, it seems like they've been white, lug butted guys. You know, but but hey, there's you no. Need, I hate to stereotype, but I'm about you to need stereotype. to see Dixon. You need to get Google uh, or look at YouTube and watch Villanova and watch this Dixon cat play. Yeah, he's a Do we think snoggle, he has a, con- a but he did not oh, meet okay, the okay, he's a he, yeah he did not meet the description that Lifford just just had. So, but I think he's a pick snoggle guy. Well, hey, this is a non-discriminatory uh, no uh, absolutely uh, group that is going to choose this. Low so, I mean, 
What's yes. a low lugged? You say low lugged? Lug butted. A big lug butted. Okay, a lug butted. Okay. Corn fed lug butted. Lug butted, yes. Yeah. Okay, I'm oh, with you. Oh, goodness. I'm with you. Yeah. Where do you go. guys stand on court storming? We never did touch on this last time. I lo- Any issues? The, Whatever. I, mean, I saw last night that um, Wisconsin uh, TCU stormed, the court. Uh, stormed yep. the court for the second game in a row because they beat Baylor the game before and they beat Kansas. And they stormed the court both times. So hopefully they're at a quarter mil by now. I don't know if they're just got to the second level, but I think the one, it, it, you know, number one, number one in the country, you storm the court. Period. If you're not ranked, you storm the court. And if you, you know, we didn't storm the court against Kentucky. They were five or six, and we were 17, 18. We had a, we were favored. So you don't storm the court, and they didn't. I, it's fine. It's fine. I think Kentucky showed a dumbass move. Leaving the court at yes, four and a half. Let's seconds. actually touch on that. I don't hate Calipari like some do. I have at times I've disliked things that he's done. Leaving the game early was a piece of shit move to me. Pops, did you get to see that? I did when, not when, get to see the game. So what did he do? So the Razorbacks were up probably seven or eight. I, I, if you bet the game, you know exactly how much it was because I think Devo missed a free throw and then Kentucky gets a late three that made it's, it to where they It's a two-point game. It's a two-point right? game, yeah. yeah. yeah we because were like they hit a three, six. like a bank delayed three. Yeah. But it was clear the Razorbacks had the game won. There, there was nothing Kentucky was going to be able to do to win it. So Calipari and his bench all left the game, but there was still like seven seconds left. Yeah. And so the rest of his five teams still out there, and they claim they left because safety of their players if, Razor, if fans stormed the court. But my my problem was even if that is true, you left five brothers out there on the war yeah. field. Like I mean, yeah. if, if I'm a player for Kentucky, I'm like safety for the whole team or just those guys. Like what if I get <laughs> jumped? Not that they were ever going to jump anybody, but I'm just like that's yeah. a that's a dick move to me. To I think it's a, that was just because yeah. you were mad you lost. I think it's a and dick move too. To I'm with you on that. Yeah, yeah. I just thought it was a low. I don't no, know. And stupid. Calipari does every every now and then he'll do something kind of every now and again snake-ish. he'll do he'll do a Jersey boy thing every once in a while. <laughs> hey, one real early um, team that I'm got a little interest in in the tournament. Oh, hit me. Um, yeah. I kind of like Purdue, and I like this kid Jaden Ivy. Um, yes, have you seen him? Good. This guy can. I like play. Travion Williams or Tra- uh, Trey Williams. I think it's Travion is his full name, but yeah. the big guy who can kind of score in the post. Yeah, he's been. He was a pit snoggle contender, I think, a couple of years. Well, ago. Well, last year I wanted to put him in there, but I think he's too good for it because he's a legit like twenty points. Yeah, in a game, maybe probably. so. Then they have Purdue. Purdue sneaky. To Purdue they sneaky. also have. They have this Edie guy who is like seven foot fourteen. And he's huge. I mean, he's just a big ass white. Or not white. I think he, he might be Asian or something. But he's just he's like long and thick too. I mean, he's just a big man in the middle. And I I don't think he can play in every situation. But you get him in the right spot, and all of a sudden he's just getting dunk after dunk. And then I think Williams is good. Ivy's good. The Big Ten to me actually is. I think the Big Ten's the conference I like the best right now. I like Wisconsin. I like Purdue. I think Illinois is a little sneaky. Um, I, I I don't know. I, I like your Purdue pick as well. I, like I guess Purdue. I'm going to keep my eye on them for sure. I also, I really, as much as it pains me, because I just talked about how BS that move was by Calipari, I think Kentucky might make a run to the Final Four this year. I, I could see it. They're just really yeah. good. And I thought playing that well against a Razorback team who's playing their best right now in Bud Walton 
when they got down and they could, they just kept taking punches and kept getting back in. And I, I was, I was very respectable. And I, another thing to think about Tony, and I guess this is probably goes back to, it might be even more important about senior guards or, or upperclassmen. This is going to be the first real March madness where it's going to be loud in these mm-hmm. tournaments where last year it was still, they had some fans, but it wasn't fully this year. It's going to be pretty much full, full yeah. sin, which makes it as a fan. I'm just like, let's get it going. Let me go ahead and have that CBS music in my ear words. <laughs> yeah. I'll say this about NCAA tournaments. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm not going to try to do that music. Uh, NCAA tournaments are loud, but they're not home court loud. I've never been and been to several tournaments and I've never been there where it was just extremely loud for one team. Now the 14 seed is all of a sudden up on the, three or the 15 is about to beat the two or something like right. that. When that upset starts happening, it's, things, all of a sudden every fan there, it, that's not a, the favorite starts. Everybody's the there, but you're in a 15, everybody becomes Florida arena. Gulf coast fans. Yeah. In a 15,000 seat arena, you might have 5,000, uh, 5,000 fans that are pulling for just one team. And the thing is, everybody pulls for those lower seats, everybody. And yeah. so, Especially when you see a yeah. Duke losing or something, and all of a yeah, sudden it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. But it's it's not the bad. But freshman guard, I think they fold under the pressure of the moment, knowing this is the last game. There's not another game this year after this, so that's where I think a senior guard can help. Where do unless you want to go? Next? Smith. You go <laughs> yeah. yeah, unless you're Jabari Smith, where you don't even get the I'll ball. Take Jabari Smith. We want to go <laughs> MLB or NFL next. Where do you guys want to go? Come on, Oz Budsman. Tell us where MLB. you want to go. Yeah, All right. Get, 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 get the baseball MLB. thing out of the way. We're going yeah, we'll, to we'll take it to the MLB and, and, and Rob Manfred deciding that uh, he's not ready to play. Uh, Uncle Tony, correct me if I'm wrong on some of this, but as far as I've read, the um, MLB and the owners in the Players Union have had a while now to discuss and negotiate yeah. the CBA, which the players clearly aren't in favor of. And I was reading right before – was the original deadline supposed to be Monday and they extended it 24 hours to Tuesday? Was that – am I – Yes. But right. I was reading on Monday. They had all this time. And on Monday when they were coming back, like right, the deadline's at 5 p.m. or we're canceling games. And like Buster Olney and Jeff Passan and all those MLB insiders were just saying like they've literally not figured out one thing. Like they're still at first base. Like they're not even close. And then yeah. now they have decided they're canceling the first week of games. Um, and they're still negotiating. And a lot of players are kind of calling out Rod Manfred and the owner saying that they never intended to play the first week in the games and they were just trying to pressure. Where, As someone who follows baseball a little closer, where do you stand with some of this? Because it feels like a big F you to the fans from Rod Manfred, which isn't the first time he's done that. Yeah, and it's a shame because baseball has been on the rise. You know, they got around 2020 – um, the issues there and got the season in and, and they, they've, they've had a couple of passes and they've done a good job of keeping the product on the field. But now, I, you know, the, we've talked about the NFL owners here and how they're, you, you know, blind to some of the issues that the NFL has as far as hiring of minorities and, uh, you know, the handling of that. But I say the, the MLB owners may be the most stingiest people in the world. And because they, it, it's not that much for them to, 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 to meet on the table. And so here's the, here's the issue when they, the owners decided this time to lock out the players. So when the official season ended, they locked them out, meaning starting in December and January, February, the major league players could not even come on. It could, could not even come in facilities, work out, get ready. 
you know, they didn't have to do that. They could have gone forward and not had a lockout and the players would be working out. They would have their spring training. They'd be doing stuff. And then the deadline of yesterday could have come to have a new CBA and they could have said, okay, look, we're going to, we're going to stop and figure this out. You, you might not necessarily have to cancel the season because what you can't do in baseball is just say, okay, we're going to start two weeks from now because you can't get pitchers and, um, and catchers ready. So especially pitchers. And so that was the first problem is the owners took that tack. And by doing that, they took control of the negotiations, but then didn't negotiate for 30 or 45 days. They they wasted all of January to right. get to the so table they and out say they didn't actually yeah, negotiate anything. They weren't negotiating, and so it, it's like okay, well we're prepared to lose the revenue because we're not going to have to pay these players, and so I it's just I, I just don't get that. I really don't because last year's playoffs and they've got the additional team worked out great. I mean, I really enjoyed baseball's playoff systems last year. That it was some really good games. Um, but, um, so, so it boils down that, so that's the first thing is the owners are really trying to heavy hand the players into, into, um, you know, going their way and the players are not going to do it. I, I don't know why owners think that would work. It's never worked in the past, but it boils down to this. They're asking for two to 3 million more per team in the collective bargaining agreement for, and, and now baseball's contracts are weird. You've got super, um, uh, guys that are super arbitration, you've got you've got um, three year arbitrations. There's all these levels, and they're trying to get money for those players that have been in the league for one to five years, and they're wanting to get more money for those players. and um, And the baseball MLB owners are not budging. I mean, they have absolutely not budged on any of those monetary uh, amounts that the players' association is looking for. It's not that much. It's really it's not like they're asking to break the bank. They're asking for them in their collective bargaining agreement to redistribute the revenue to where they have these uh, this amount for each and every team. So the, the Yankees, anybody that's on the top 15 revenue stream teams could care less about giving an extra three million dollars for those uh, for those um, players. But then. The bottom fifteen, they got to take from them. So now they're they're re- basically the bottom fifteen or the top fifteen are helping them. I have to help them, and that's the issue. It just feels like, and this touches on what you were saying too. But baseball is in a decent, a better spot than they've been in a while because there's a lot of good, young, fun players, a lot of fun teams. The playoffs were fun. I felt like for the first time in a while, as someone who follows baseball more from afar, I kind of get into it playoff season, but. Like, it was interesting. I felt like I was interested a lot this year. And then you do something like this, and it's like, okay, you took two steps forward, now we're going to step back five steps. Like, it just it just seems dumb. And then Rob Manfred, to me, over and over again, which I will say it's not a hard job because these uh, commissioners get paid a shit ton of money to do their job. But the commissioner does have the job typically of do whatever the owners want and just be the bad guy the whole – like, you're the face of why this sucks. So, like – I'll cut. I'm not really trying to cut Goodell or Manfred slack, but your job really is the the basic of job. You get paid a lot of money just be the the be the bad guy, even though it's you're just doing whatever the owners tell you to do. So it's not all Manfred. It's a lot of the owners, but it just feels like they're being stingy, like you were saying. And yeah, it's, I can't it's describe. It's gotta be annoying for big baseball fans. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a good description. I did. 
Um, I did see something. Uh, Bernie Sanders weighed in on the oh, MLB geez. lockout. Did you guys see this? No. I- I'll read it for you. I'm going to try to read it in my best Bernie Sanders voice. Um, <laughs> all right. This is his tweet. The 30 Major League Baseball owners are worth over $100 billion. The value of their teams increased by more than $41 billion since they bought them. Mr. Manfred, in the lockout, negotiate in good faith. Don't let the greed of baseball owners take away our national pastime. <laughs> Did I land it? <laughs> you yeah, landed pretty yeah. good. I think so. The <laughs> listeners can't see the the um, hand motions though, so that's okay though. He had them down. They, they were there. I think you can kind of tell in the in the delivery that the hand motions had to be there. So yeah. listen to Bernie. I guess feel the burn, Rod Manfred. Let's go. Feel um, the burn. Move moving over to some uh, NFL talk. First, let's get this out of the way because I didn't even know this. Uh, and the listener may have already seen this, but did you say there's some new Deshaun Watson news, Uncle Tony? Yeah, the uh, Dolphins came out and made a statement. The general manager said, we are not, we are no longer interested in Deshaun Watson. They are out of the race. So that means huh. um, new coach has got two on his mind. and the It means two Anon got to somebody. There we go. Two, All right. Yeah, two Anon got to somebody, or maybe Tom Brady's on a yacht again. Down in Tampa, who knows? I mean, down. Well, in I don't Miami. know if you who just knows? read or if you saw Bruce Arians was asked about the thought of Tom Brady possibly going somewhere, and he basically said, "There's no way we'd let Tom Brady play anywhere else." That'd be because oh. the way it works for anybody who doesn't know, if Tom Brady were to come out of retirement, he's still under contract for the Bucks for another year, so the Bucks would have to either waive him or trade him. They have the rights to him, so he couldn't just say like, "I want to come back and play for the 49ers. Like he'd have to be traded to there. So. Oh. Arians, and I think he's partially joking, but it was his way of saying, hell no, we're not trading him. He said, you'd have to trade for the, the, it's five first rounders for Brady if you want him. <laughs> it's a Herschel Walker so deal. <laughs> it was his way of saying, we're not going to trade him. And part of me is like, I guess I understand, like Bruce Arians, you want Brady, if Brady's coming back, he needs to be wearing a Bucks jersey. It's not a, not a, a 49er jersey. Well, but that's neither here. I want to ask a Sean Watson question. So, you know, okay. uh, Flores is now at Pittsburgh, right? And he Correct. likes yes. Deshaun Watson, and Pittsburgh yes. is in need of a quarterback. Yes. Um, Did so, was, and, and maybe y'all can clean this up for me. Was the push, because obviously Miami was pushing for him, was that a Flores thing? I thought it was or, a Flores thing. Tony, do you know? I thought it was well. Flores was never wanting to get Tua. Tua was not his choice. Right, right, right. I right. think it's clear he wanted that, he, yeah. wanted Herbert, he wanted Herbert, not Tua, and so he wanted yeah. a different quarterback. Yeah, but was he the one pushing? Because somebody was clearly pushing for Deshaun, and maybe we don't know the exact answer. I don't know the exact answer to that, but I know he. he I don't was know, not a pops. Big I kind Tua of fan. wonder. I think he kind of was, but I think it was more of a because I don't trust Tua. Whereas I do think their uh, – I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but their owner wanted a star quarterback. So I, I don't I don't think it was just a Flores push. Yeah. Um, but but to your point, the Steelers do need a quarterback. Well, and I'll say this too. Their new OC, is it Callahan? Is, I, I read this today, and actually they were talking about Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, the two landing – spots for Jimmy G that they thought would happen. And one of them was Pittsburgh because the offense coordinator has stated that, or um, uh, yeah, the offense coordinator is an RPO guy. And so they think Garoppolo can run the RPO. Guess what Deshaun Watson does. 
So, he runs it much better than than Garoppolo. Well, yeah. do they have do they have it's massage parlors in Pittsburgh? I mean, Deshaun Watson. <laughs> uh, I know a guy that can tell us. But uh, yeah, um, as far as Deshaun Watson's legal troubles, I don't think we've gotten anywhere really. I think supposedly there might be something. I don't know. They're that, supposed. It to sounds pr- like something that may or may not ever get known to us. I think yeah. there's going to be settlements behind. I know the IT de- kind of thing. Fifty percent of the IT department's not here tonight, but maybe they could research for us and they. Have set the court date and and that I think he's supposed to be done with whatever. Or they'll know where they're moving before the draft. Well, it's that, like sometime in March. I think it's sometime in March that the the whole thing comes to they either he settles or they take it to court or they they're done with it. Well, I'll tell you one damn, it's about damn time. I mean, good lord, let's get this thing resolved. And uh, they said this from the get go last year. I'll give I'll give the um the sports guys credits. They said this is this is going to be a year and a half from now before we'll know any answers really? because of because of the legal system and the, how long it would take to get the dockets on and because they had such a <laughs> a large group of uh, yeah. Uh, of um, defendants or our large group of um, did we talk? Did, Deshaun Watson got paid this year, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. Wow, inactive the whole year and got paid a lot. He got paid a lot, not just paid. He <laughs> wasn't like a rookie deal. He's on a big deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's a. I won't say it. Never mind. Um, I do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another another thing that's taking a long time to to resolve, and it sounds like it's just because he because uh, Asshat himself doesn't want to say. We still have no idea what Aaron Rodgers wants. He hasn't yeah. said whether he wants to stay. He hasn't said that he wants to go. I think he wants He's attention, kind of and he likes being in this. He did. Yeah. So a week ago, I believe it was last week, or, uh, there was a Monday night where he took to Instagram and had this long post. There's multiple pictures, and it looked like him thanking all his teammates, which would make it seem like he's getting ready to announce that he would like to leave the Packers. He was talking about all his brotherhood and how grateful he is for all the years in Green Bay and thanks to the fans and blah, yada, yada, yada. And then Tuesday, as many of you know by now, he does his Pat McAfee show interview where you kind of expect if he's going to break news, Pat McAfee's kind of his boy. He'll probably break news on Pat McAfee show, so then everybody has to replay that. He goes on Pat McAfee show and talks about some 12-day cleanse he did called... The Patcha Karma. And let me tell you, I did a little looking up on this cleanse, detox, whatever you want to call it. It's weird as hell. Um, let's see. It comes from this. Um, What's it called? Ayurvedic. Uh, it's the, the. Now, I will just a disclaimer. The pronunciation of anything I say <laughs> coming up in the next five minutes could be totally wrong. Patcha what? It is called the. Where'd it go? Um, it's, it, uh, the Pat. Pancha karma, pancha karma. Oh, okay. It comes from a pseudo scientific Indian medicine system, and according to this article on this article online, the um, the system is not based on any science at all, and in fact has little scientific evidence at all backing it. So perfect for Aaron Rodgers. I don't think he actually <laughs> yeah. needs science or or any of this. But let's see what pancha this cleanse. Ca- pancha karma. Punch of karma. karma, like karma, like karma Car- get you. Karma. you know? Yeah, like karma. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, and uh, like, let's see. The, like- it's it's supposed karma to sutra. clear out. <laughs> it's supposed to clear out your agni, which is like your gastric fire. And it just says if you've if you've eaten and lived wrong, your insides are just screwed up. And the way it does it 
is uh, you have to do a lot of prep work to make sure your body's ripened. And the, the prep work <laughs> includes therapeutic vomiting, oh laxative God. therapy. Whoa. Oh, my gosh. Enemas of oils and teas. Oh, God. Nasal flushing with herbal powders, hey, oils, or clarified. I'm like Kramer uh, in Seinfeld. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out already. It consists of like. You have to eat butter, only butter, for like three days, and then you have to like insert things up your butt. It's the eat weirdest butter thing ever, dude. I don't. Aaron Rodgers is the weirdest person ever, so I don't know. Yeah, I, I, just what the hell? Just tell us what you want. And actually, to get back to an actual football conversation, <laughs> this impacts people on his lo- in his locker room. Like the the drafts coming up, free agency is coming up. So a lot of these guys need to figure out. Am I getting paid from the Packers or am I hitting free agency? If I'm hitting free agency, I need to hit now while teams all have money. And the longer Aaron Rodgers plays this out, like yeah. guys he called his brother are losing chance at making money. Yeah. Like it, it's it's becoming a dick move. I, I understand if you want to shove it to the Packers, shove it to the Packers. I don't care. Maybe maybe they deserve it, maybe they don't. But don't screw out your players. I mean, this is how this is affecting teammates now. And it just gives me another reason why I'm like, yeah, he's awesome at quarterback. If I had to win one game, he might be the quarterback I take. But both of y'all are right. He's an asshole. He's an asshat. <laughs> well, He's annoying. I, He's a PLS. I think if you look at Merriam-Webster online and you look up asshat, a, syn- a synonym is dickhead. <laughs> so, dickhead. Dickhead. Yeah. That's what he is. I think poncha karma means diarrhea for asshats. That's what that <laughs> translates to. Good Lord. Yeah. God, mm. sounds like so. A, who knows? Therapeutic vomiting. Wow, you lost me there, dude. Oh, I mean, I'm out. And, and then got, got much worse. Then it got worse. Sounds just like the tip a, of the iceberg. Sounds like a weekend at Carrot Tops. You know, jeez, <laughs> a Pete. Uh, um, I also want to touch on something, and this is a little bit more of a serious topic. But we like to give a lot of shit to uh, Dan Snyder and the Washington Football Team when deserved. And we need to point out something that I think kind of got shoved under the rug a little bit, and it's something that happened in the Dallas Cowboys locker room. Mm-hmm. Did y'all see some of the stuff? This it was reported a little while ago that the settlement reached about a, a voyage of voyeurism. Is that is that the right word yes. for that? Yeah. So they reached a. The Cowboys paid two point four million dollars to four former cheerleaders in the settlement. The cheerleaders accused a team VP of watching them undress in a locker room in 2015. One anonymous cheerleader said that she knew it was the the team person the director of personal re- uh, relations Dalrymple Rich Dalrymple Rich filming Dalrymple, them behind yeah. a partial wall on his iPhone. She claimed that she watched him like she saw him do it. And then there's also reports that they told people that he they they saw it was him, and then there's a key card that shows he his key card entered this locker room, and he says that the only reason he entered this locker room that were the cheerleaders because he needed to use the restroom and didn't realize it was theirs. But if you look at the building, there's a public le- restroom literally across the hall, across the hall. There's a public Dude, restroom. It's uh, it's and he this one, There's a restroom every twenty yards. Dalrymple came out and his quote was, people who know me, co-workers, the media and colleagues know who I am and what I'm about. I understand the very serious nature of these claims and not take them lightly. They're, however, false. Jerry Jones then said, the cheerleaders are iconic, a vital part of our organization. We took these allegations very seriously and immediately began investigation into the situation. I can assure you that we found that we found it that 
Hold on. I can assure you that had we found that it need be, there would have been firings or there would have been suspicions as it turns suspensions as it turns out in the best interest of our cheerleaders, in the best interest of our organization. We decided to do it to show the cheerleaders how seriously we took these by basically paying them off on a settlement. And now they've all signed non-disclosure agreements. I want to just let you know who Dow Rimple was, if you didn't know. He's the, the director of PR, came to Dallas when Jerry Jones came to Dallas. He's kind of known as a guy who makes things go away. When problems happen, when, 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 when Jerry says something he's a little bit that he shouldn't have said, <laughs> he makes shit go away and, and finds And maybe he made this go away in, 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 in a sense. Yeah. And it sounds like he definitely did it. And then what was interesting, there was another fan who had no idea this was even going on and reached out to, interestingly enough, Pops, he reached out to KSLA the Shreveport uh, station yeah. because he watched on a live stream that he watched and he didn't even know who Dalrymple was. He just pointed the guy out. He watched him multiple times during a live stream of their draft room, war room, filming up the skirt of Charlotte Jones, who is Jerry Jones's daughter. If there's anybody that's untouchable in Dallas, it's Jerry Jones and then Jerry Jones's daughter, probably his daughter above him, which I say all this to say, he then retired a month before the settlement came out, and there was no – he's been with the team for over 25 years. There was no, like, like statement. There was nothing at all. He just retired and disappeared. It All signs point to me that he was 100% guilty, and they just wanted to disappear. Just and the only reason away. he didn't get worse is because he probably has – like, we joke about Jason Garrett probably having some bones or some dirt on Jerry Jones. It sounds like this Dalrymple guy definitely does, and he sounds like a bad dude. And I, I don't know. It's just interesting how yeah. the story just went away, and and there's a lot yeah. more to it. And yeah, it, it it's a strange. That's a strange deal. And Dal Ripple has been around forever. Yeah, oh, I know I, that name. Yeah, he's been forever. Around. I think he was. He may have done some radio for him in the '80s, but um, uh, but he uh, yeah, it's crazy, right? And and I I was just kind of kidding that Jason Garrett. I didn't have any evidence that Jason Garrett reading he got to stay on is because he had the right pictures. <laughs> of Jerry Jones, and now I kind of, well, maybe, maybe I was right. <laughs> you know, yeah. maybe he had some pictures they kept around. But it's it's a shame, and, and I hope that Rich Dalrymple, if he needs it, he gets some help, and or just goes away. Well, so so that's what just, I'm thinking. First off, just a bad deal. A, it's it's a shitty thing to be filming the women. Yeah, this ain't Porky's knowing, man. If you're on a live stream in the draft war room and you're doing upskirts of Charlotte Jones. You're not just a shitty person. You got some problems. Yeah. Like you have some. Like that's some serious. Like you. You don't even have your brain's not working because that's yeah. just stupid. That's just that makes yeah. no sense. I, and, but I. I certainly don't want the Just Press Play podcast to get in any kind of trouble, or you know, because I know Jerry listens regularly. But um, I, I'll say this: um, power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. So. I, what goes on in that war room and afterwards and stuff? I, there were things that were taken care of. We'll never know about it. That is that that's probably true. There's thing, yeah. I don't know that that one just kind of snuck up on me. I saw the the suit and thought, well, I didn't even heard anything about it. And then it, it did kind of make me for a second go, well, I mean, obviously you feel bad for these women regardless, but to know yeah. that they they said all this in 2015 and then realize pretty quickly. It sounds like if you read the whole long article that's on ESPN. It sounds like from pretty quickly on, they were told, hey, you, you just need to 
you need to keep that down. We'll take care. You don't of need you. to ruffle any more feathers. Yeah, we'll take care of what we need to. And it's like, okay. yeah. but the guy still he was still employed for the next seven years, getting paid quite a bit. So that, yeah, it's tough. Um, can, let's move on to a lighter topic. Um, let's see what else did we what else do we have on the notes? Do we have another sport or do we go to bougie problems next? Bougie problems. I, I don't know. I'm I'm don't. I noticed. I noticed Ooh, Tiger Woods won the uh, the PIP award. Do y'all know what that is? No. Pitcher and a pitcher? The player <laughs> impact program, the PGA <laughs> Tour gets <laughs> no one's heard picture in a picture. And so I Pops, I don't even know my listeners know what you're talking about. Yeah. There's a hand. That was just like the that's just like the Super Bowl show. That that comment was Sent to a particular age group <laughs> that knows what picture in picture is. So the player impact program has a pool of $40 million to give out to 10 different golfers. The highest score gets $8 million. And it basically goes out to who had the best social media, like who, who generated the most social media stuff, who had the most uh, Google searches. It, it's basically a golfer that brought interest to the game, not necessarily how well you did on the course, that's part of it, but it's mostly just how much you're bringing people to golf. And to show you how amazing Tiger Woods was, he was number one, and he didn't take a single stroke yeah. this whole year. And it, what the funny part about it is back in December, I guess someone told old Phil Mickelson that he won it, <laughs> and he tweeted out, Thank you, thanks to all the crazies and real supporters helped me win this. To get the money, I have to actually play in a tournament I've never played in a while, so we're going to Capulia or whatever tournament he was talking about. And then Tiger Woods just tweeted back at him uh, this afternoon on Wednesday saying, whoops, sorry about that. So funny that Tiger ended up getting it after yeah. Phil somehow. I, I wonder if someone was just screwing with Phil and told him he won in December because that, yeah. that, I think that's hilarious. Um, it may be. Phil's in a little bit of trouble. Yeah. Phil I, isn't what didn't did he say something bad about yeah, we're, Saudi Arabia or yeah and so I you brought that up just real quick so this is how much power Tiger Woods still has in the PGA so the Saudi government um, they wanted to start a uh, Saudi um, like league, a super golf super, super golf, golf league, league. Yeah. and yeah. they were making these uh, uh, they were making these um, offers to all these uh, PGA golfers. And for a while there, a couple of them were said they were considering it. But then Tiger came out and said, no. And uh, and so all of a sudden you saw these guys start dropping off. And Rory uh, McIlroy c- uh, came back and Rory. Um, I'm saying Roy, not Roy. Um, not Roy McIlroy. Rory not, McElroy. Not, not 10 Cup. Roy McIlroy, <laughs> the, the real guy. Um, came out and said, you know, Tiger uh, is still a, a, a big influence in this game uh whether he plays or doesn't play and he you know his statements really weighed on me and and so we're staying in the pga and everybody started falling off now mickelson was the last one and he made some comments he said were off the record where he um was very critical of the pga and their and their um uh pay policies and stuff like that and he and so long story short the the um uae league folded but Mickelson was the last one there and was the only one that was made the statement, yeah, I'm going. And so and but Tiger is the one that broke it. And I find that very interesting that Ty and this PIP award kind of uh alludes to that. The Tiger still has a lot of power in the PGA. Yeah. Phil, you know, if I'm just and I don't know if the uh people that were 
starting this league and and uh, the Super Golf League are listeners of the JPP pod. I'm sure they are, but <laughs> I would just be weary. I like Phil Mickelson. He seems like a fun guy. I'd like to have a beer with him, but I would be weary of doing um, getting entangled in any business with Phil because there's been a lot of things come around where like tax issues and different stuff with Phil and. Phil never goes to jail, but other people seem to go to jail. That leads me to believe that he might be a singing bird a little bit. <laughs> so I just would, uh, I don't know. It always ends up working better for Phil than it does for everybody else that's doing business with him. Now, as a golfer, I like him a lot, but I'm just yeah. saying I might are, avoid that, Saudi. Yeah, our buddy of the podcast, Big Dave, has played around with Phil Mickelson, so we can get I'd love story. to play around. Now, after I say that, Phil probably wouldn't play around. I'd love to hang out with Phil. I'd, I'd, he I'd seems like, like a hell of a guy. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just think Phil's usually looking out for number one pretty yeah. much 99% of the time. So He said in his statement, he did say he was taking off some time to uh, reconsider his priorities, get things yeah. straight. Yeah, well, so he, uh, he he thought that was off the record. That That's a bougie yeah. problem. When you say something you thought was off the record, let's get to, well, bougie problems. It's been two weeks since we've we've been on. Um, oh, actually, I just now realized I have a bougie problem too. But I'll let y'all go first because usually the people wait for the people wait for pops <laughs> yeah. because who knows where he's going to go. But I'm, yeah. I'm intrigued. Well, no, oh yeah, let's start. Let's start with the big gun. Let's start with the hired hitter, <laughs> pops. What do you got? Yeah. Well, th- this this is I don't know if this is a bougie problem or not. But so you know, I've got. I feel like he starts everyone like <laughs> that's that, exactly the way he starts. Like, it. I don't I've know got, if this is a bougie problem. That's I've what got, makes it a bougie problem. When I go problem. to the bathroom, I, all right, shut up and I'll tell you then. <laughs> all right, I have what I guess you would call a recreational vehicle, right? You know, I call it a buggy. Some people call it a side by side. Okay, you know what I'm talking about. So it's a side by side, I think, is the technical term for it. And and every now and then on on a side by side, you have to get a little maintenance done, you know, and, and what have you. So I took it in to kind of get its get its maintenance and stuff done. And to do that, obviously, you need to put it on a trailer and you got to unload it at the site and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So yep. I did that. And then I went to, you know, left it there about a week, went to pick up my my buggy. It, it, it was finished. And, you know, the, the a young man. Uh, from the service department when I went in, uh, knew that I was there and went out and brought my buggy around and put it on. I had my trailer, you know, the bottom down. So, and he just drove it up on there and put it on my, my trailer, uh, for me. And nice of him. well, no, there's the damn Bucci problem. He, <laughs> he did it all wrong. He loaded it completely wrong. I mean, so, you know, on my trailer, it's, it's a single axle trailer and I try to put the weight of the buggy. You know, kind of on the axle part. It helps it pull a little better. Well, he just pulled it all the way up to the front, right against the thing. Against the board spacers, I have some spacers that I put out. So I know when I'm pulling it on the trailer the right way, the correct way, you know, I know, well, I stop right where this board (laughs) is, and and that's where I tie it down and all that. And so, so I, you know, I thought, well, do I fix it or do I just – it was cold that day, so I just – I thought, well, hell, I'll just drive the damn and thing. And it was home. cold. It was cold that day, and I thought, well, I don't want to be a you know show the kid up or whatever. But I mean, he probably loads a lot of buggies, but he just he loaded my buggy wrong. He was trying to do me a favor, trying to provide good service, and he he loaded my freaking buggy just all wrong, and that was my problem, and it pissed me off. Man, you know what? 
Now he doesn't even realize he did anything wrong. He probably loaded the next guy's buggy wrong too because you didn't tell him. So, so you think I should have said, uh, "Excuse me, young man, you you did it wrong." I mean, should I have just just said that right then and there? Well, I mean, he would have thought you were a a, a dick, a cranky Karen. Old bastard. Yeah, yeah. Karen. <laughs> Look at Karen up here telling me how to load buggies. He might have thought you know? I was an asshat or something, and I didn't want him to think that. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I pulled the buggy Did home on the trailer in an unsafe. I just felt like it was going to fishtail on me or something, and it just I didn't feel as safe because all the weight was on the tongue of my truck, you know, or the tongue of the trailer. I do. So it does feel like this caused significant trauma to you and damages to you but but everything was safe everything was fine well i mean your, because your buggy's okay, i think your because okay. of my uh extraordinary ability uh oh, to drive well i didn't factor you know that because of my extraordinary uh ability. Well, honestly that's probably he probably factored that he could tell how good of a driver you yeah. were just by looking yeah, at him like, i could pull this buggy in sideways he'd still I, be able to get it home well it's just i mean so I'm, I'm sure that is is given off just for my aura but um yeah i mean because <laughs> of my excellent driving ability i pulled it home and everything was safe but and I mean, he was trying to help me. He was trying to be nice, but he he just didn't do it right. And it was he it just was a missed us. He just missed it. Yeah. Well, Tony, I, is there a way? Is there a way where he could have like where pops could have been like? Yeah. Hey, I I really appreciate you pulling that in, but I I or or was there any way where he could come off and not sound like a Karen and not sound like an asshole? Yeah. Yeah. I and and I've watched I've watched my dad do this for years and years and years. Done it to me. Done it to kids. Done it to everybody. He would have said, "Son, come here. Come here. Do you, do you, what what kind of what kind of trailer is this? This is a single or a double axle trailer. Are, am I picking up any other buggies today? You probably do a lot of the, putting these buggies on, don't you? Well, let me show you something. And I would he would have climbed up and got in the buggy and he pulled it back and centered it just like he wanted. He turned it off. He said, "Let's tell you something. So when you see a single axle like this and you only got one buggy, you really want to put it right here on the single axle because that way the thing's not." Turning around, you probably haven't done this. Probably hadn't seen this before, but that's the way you really want to load a single a, a buggy on a single axle trailer. Is that okay? Yes, sir. And just hey, man, have a great day, and walked on. And to your point, Tony, you probably as you drive off, he probably goes, "Some bitch trying to tell me how to load a trailer." But but the next time he loads a trailer, I bet he thinks about that. He thinks about he it. Is it right? Because your job, your even job though, is not even to- though he. You're doing the Lord's work. Even though he's, he's <laughs> cussing right. you, and he, he's cussing you. He's load. Tony pulls up to that same place the, the next day, and he loads up Tony's trailer perfect. And Tony's now getting on wow. his podcast and going, "I wow. went. I'll tell you what. It's not a bougie problem. It was. A, it was. It was amazing. The guy loaded amazing. my trailer exactly how I wanted yeah, him to. So yeah, I'm sorry exactly I missed the right. Lord's work on that. It's when not I about. It's not about. It's not about this guy being your best friend. It's about you doing things for other people so that he doesn't load everybody else's buggy up near the tongue and somebody who doesn't have the driving skills that you do ends up in a ditch. Right. right. I mean, you're right. I mean, maybe I should go back. Maybe I should go back in the morning. Yeah, that's now you're. Now you're an asshat. Tony, it's the how quickly he agreed with you on the excellent, the person who's not as excellent driver as he is. Well, I mean, that's, there's a, that's a big number of people that aren't as good a driver as me. I mean, that's. Right. It's, it's, yeah. it's most you're, you're other yeah. Americans, yeah. most other humans. You're, you're in a small minority oh, yeah. when it comes to how well, how good you are at driving. Uh, <laughs> Tony, get, can you get us to hear, what's your bougie problem? Man, I don't know if I, I want to tell him that. That's such a great bougie. That is the definition of a bougie problem right there. Dude couldn't park my buggy right on my single axle trailer that is that's it so i'm done no i'm i'm passing go ahead kevin all right well mine 
has to do <laughs> with the HBO Max app. And if HBO wants to sponsor us, I'll take, I'll retract all these statements and I'll talk about how good it is. But they have a show, Euphoria. It's the one that everybody, they, it's, it was getting the most views that they've had on, on Sunday night shows since Game of Thrones. And on season finale night, HBO Max doesn't work for like 20 minutes because so many people got on it. And I'm just, figure your shit out. You know you're going to have people watching it. People watch the first seven episodes of the season. They're going to watch season eight or episode eight. So just be ready. And I, it just it pissed me off because it didn't work. And, and that's my bougie problem. It's just when, when the internet or streaming. You had 20 minutes to watch Euphoria. Yeah. Mm. It's it's literally a streaming service, and it was unable to stream. <laughs> it didn't feel. It didn't even, I mean, that's what it is, and it didn't do it. Straight away, it was a trickle. <laughs> it, yeah, nothing. It, it wasn't was even like service. it just pulled up and was like, "We're having problems at this time." And so, first thought was like, "Oh, maybe my internet's bad." I just assumed faults on me. Mm. I try to reset yeah. my internet. Huh? Loaded that up. Still not working. So then I get on another website to just see like I load up a YouTube. I, I load up a Just Press Play podcast. It loads right up. I start hearing this hilarious back and forth between these three guys. And then I was like, okay, so it's not my internet. Let's go back to HBO. Still not working. So then I take to Twitter and I just type in HBO Max. And I see that I, along with a, a plethora of other people, are unable to get on HBO Max because the app has crashed. It eventually yeah. got back. But I'm just yeah. saying, you had one job. That's to stream the show. That you said was going to come out at eight. Well, it seems to me if it if it's a streaming service and it was just a trickle that maybe it's got a prostate problem and maybe you should bring that to their attention. <laughs> maybe maybe HBO Max yeah, needs Max. some prostate. <laughs> they need HBO Max. They need a little Flow Max. That's what it is. Yeah, they need Flow Max, <laughs> or they need the old single digit up the rear end check. Is what they need. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, so, Kevin, well, I guess you're saying well, that you were not euphoric. About the HBO Max, HBO Max app on Sunday, where well, and this isn't this isn't the first time either. The HBO Max app has its it has its flaws. Has its if you try to go, yeah. if you try to like skip back three times, like two times is usually okay, but if you go like hit the fifteen second back three times, all of a sudden you get a spinny wheel and it just doesn't work. It just has its flaws. And another one, while we're just shitting on apps, the Showtime <laughs> streaming app isn't that great either. They're not. They're not. They're not very good. And I'm just saying, just you saying need that. to get ahead to the hey, cord cutting crowd. You know, yeah. You know what you can do. You know what can solve that? Cable. <laughs> well, then I can't. <laughs> then I can't theoretically if I were doing this. Well, then I can't use another idea. But is, Tony, is, the problem is, is if I do that, and this might be what Paul's about to say, if I sign up for cable. Then I can't maybe if I was, I'm not saying I was, but I can't maybe use doc, at Dr. Liff or Dr. Liff at, you oh, know, yeah, like, yeah, there's oops. an email that, Tony, that was my HBO idea. Max. You might pay for your own damn HBO Max. Yeah, that, <laughs> that, that you might bitch about it. <laughs> well, and that was what I got nervous about. It's like maybe, maybe Pops is watching Euphoria. And I was like, no, he, I know he's not watching Euphoria, so I'm not kicking him off. Yeah, maybe that's the next. How many how many apps do we all have that why, family members are part of? Why do I want of? to pay for HBO yeah. Max if it doesn't even work on Pops? So, why so do I want to get my own? Here's the thing, Tony. This is the real definition of a bougie problem because he's getting a streaming service that he may or may not be paying for, and he's bitching about it. <laughs> somebody's that's paying for it. it. Somebody. Somebody. Just say somebody's paying for it. Somebody's Damn, paying for it. Damn it. 
Speaking Somebody's of, I do want to mention. Uh, someone brought this to my attention because I was. I'm. I'm. I think I'm download. <laughs> I'm going to download this new book. Or I was telling someone I'm downloading a book for an audio book to listen to. It's the uh, Showtime book by uh, Jeff Perlman about the Lakers when Magic and got drafted and, and mm-hmm. all that. And they're making a new show on HBO. That, Here yeah. I am. I just HBO gave me nothing but grief, and now I'm plugging them. Now I'm plugging <laughs> their new show. Yeah. But what they do have a new to, show that I'm definitely going to watch. <laughs> you ought to plug them. You ought to allegedly, plug them. allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they have the show called Winning Time, which is actually interesting, Pops. They couldn't name it Showtime because HBO can't have a show called Showtime because right. Showtime winning they can't time. they can't do that. So they're they're calling it Winning Time, but it's just a it's a reenactment or not reenactment. That's not the word. Like a recreation of the book, but with with actors and stuff. And so I kind of want to just read the book because I've heard the book's great. And so I, I was getting it on audiobook, and someone at work told me. Listening to if I listen to an audiobook, I can't count that on as books I read this past year. Do you think that's true? I think that counts as a read book. I think it counts. I think it counts too. I mean, I didn't technically re- I listened to it, but it's still a book. Like if someone if someone were to ask me if I listened to four audiobooks this month and someone was like, Did you read new books this month? I would say, actually four. Yes, and I'll rattle them off. I think that's fair. I'm not like lying. Was this like an old codger English professor or something? Or no, no, it was it was someone my age just telling me that, that's not that's not reading. You listen to it, which is enjoyable, but I, it's not the same experience. I, I, I disagree. I, I'd I'd have to have a retort to that. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm just I'm glad that I'm not the only yeah. only one. Yeah. Uh, All right, your boy, the editor's got to hop in right here. So first off, I did want to note that Pops felt like he was going to embarrass the kid. He, he thought he was going to show up the kid uh, for parking the trailer wrong. I, that's insane. Like, it, the kid was going to, like, go home and, like, cry himself to sleep because this dude, like, showed him how to park a side-by-side better on a trailer. I don't understand. And second off, yeah, that doesn't count the same as reading a book. If you're, if you're keeping track of how many books you've read in the year, yeah, you gain some knowledge, but it's also, like, do, do you count every podcast you listen to? This is insanity. But so, Pops, I am trying. That is a show that I think you, I, Tony's already said he's going to watch. I think you'll yeah. like it to it. Yeah, it's, it looks like it's just reliving the whole. Yeah. Like the, the, the Lakers when they were shit to when they lucked yeah. into which. And you guys actually know a little about this. I, so they got they got the first overall pick that year for Magic off of a mm-hmm. coin flip. And it wasn't just a 100% that Magic Johnson was going to be the number, overall, number one overall pick. There was this other guy from the University of Arkansas. That was being oh super Sid. Sydney super Sydney yeah yeah super Sid and the Lakers like Sydney the the Lakers did consider him yeah supposedly and I've read that I read this excerpt out of the book which made me want to which made me want to then go listen to the whole book I read this online that uh, Bus apparently met the two candidates and he met Magic Johnson and he liked Sydney beforehand and when he got back he was like. We're drafting that kid. He's got it. I don't know what it is, but he's got it. Hard to argue with it. I love Super Sid. I love Sidney Moncrief, but probably Magic Johnson, um, slightly better player. Yeah. But for anybody who – which Sidney Moncrief had a hell of a career. No, no. No, no absolutely. NBA Hall no, no, no. Of Fame. I he was. Um, I don't think Sidney could have played center. If you, if, you don't, <laughs> if you don't realize how good Sidney was, he was – it was right there, him and Magic. Like it wasn't like a foregone. We're taking Magic. Like that was a conversation. So yeah. I just thought, as Hall a Arkansas fan, 
that was interesting for me to see like, oh, I didn't realize it was a toss up between them. two. Just, oh, by the way, Sidney Moncrief had something to do with the reason I went to the University of Arkansas because I loved that guy's game. I, that's yeah. one of the reasons I yeah. went there. Uh, yeah. Sidney Moncrief. Still yeah. the greatest basketball player in Arkansas history. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I he, um, include Scottie Pippen. I still think he's the best basketball player in Arkansas history. Speaking of hoops, real quick, we meant to bring this up earlier. Pops, have you have you got to catch um, any any John Morant this Dude, year? At all? So yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm a fan. I've been a fan of John Morant, and I'm and I'm. It's certainly we're kind of starting to wind down to to uh, NBA. You know, what is there twenty games left in the in the NBA season? Something like that. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting getting getting back into the into basketball after football's over. Um, but John Morant had a freaking game for the ages the other night. And I mean, he's just a personal highlight film every night he plays. I, I swear, did you see? So I saw that apparently Allen Iverson, none other than him, was like, it's time to pass the torch uh, to John Morant. And John Morant is doing things, I mean, dare I say it, that kind of remind me of a young man from North Carolina, Michael Jordan would do just, I mean, I'm not calling him in that, that, that level yet, but I'm telling you, John Morant is, is amazing and super fun. He to does watch. some things where like, he'll, it feels like he's kind of combined a lot of the point guards. I really like, so AI had that, that shiftiness and willingness to attack the basket, even if it meant he was going to get crushed, even being a smaller guy. But then Jaw also has that Derrick Rose to him yeah, where Derrick Rose, I was he thinking. just like one step and all of a sudden explodes. And then he still has like the ability to – I think he's a good passer. I do think he's a point guard. Mm-hmm. He can score, but he's a point guard. I I really like him. He's one of those right now. I I think – I was talking to somebody and just like good young players, and I, I'm biased. I think Luke is better, but – I, it's hard to argue if you say Jaws. Jaw is one of those must see. If 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 you turn on TNT on a Thursday and he and they're happen to show in the Grizzlies, just stick around for a quarter because he's going to do something in that quarter that just blows your mind because he's he's a, a human. Highlight. You know, one other interesting thing on that, and I got to give Bill Simmons credit because I was listening to to them talk about him uh, a little bit. But you, you remember it was between him and Zion Williamson uh, who was going to be the number one pick. And and if you remember when Kevin Durant came out and what was the guy Greg uh, Greg Oden. Greg Oden and and obviously Durant was number two and is is far and away the better player and Zion I mean I don't know has he even played this year I mean he you know he's been hurt no his his foot supposedly healing better but yeah I mean, no if you knows. if you would have gone back Morant was probably was the number one pick that year uh, uh, instead of Zion well it's crazy it did feel like it did feel like. Poor, poor Knicks. They got three. It felt like there was a dra- that year the draft was everybody won Zion. If you don't get Zion, at least Jaw's pretty good. And mm-hmm. now you go back, you're like, wow, Jaw ja ja was the guy. the guy. Zion, you're still happy about Zion and the Knicks. RJ Barrett's good, but he's not. He's not John Morant. Like he's just not. Better watch out for John Memphis. Morant's a legit MVP in the NBA. In the NBA playoffs, yeah. you better look out for Memphis. Um, John Morant was also the perfect guy for Memphis too, because Memphis has been for the past 10, 15 years that kind of they, they had the grit and grind teams back in the day with Tony Allen mm-hmm. and and Mike Conley and Zach Randolph and Gasol. And John Morant is that guy. He 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 just he'll talk. He doesn't back down from anybody. Like he he's he plays like he's the best guy on the court, and then a lot of times he is the best guy on the court. And it's it's easy it's easy to like him. He's, and he also seems like a genuine, cool person. So, I, and the story is just insane that the only way he got recognized by uh, Murray State back in the day 
was a trainer happened to be going trying to get a Diet Coke and he went to the back gym to go get a Diet Coke. <laughs> yeah. And he saw John Morant just playing by himself and was like, holy shit, we need to we need to offer this guy a scholarship right now. They were there to watch Zion Williamson, who was on the same AAU team. And then he was like, this John Morant guy is really good. And now look at him. He's a, a future face of the NBA. So just wild. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, uh, last thing to connect to John Morant, I did see the dunk. But – um you know, Murray State, uh, interesting team in the NCAA playoffs again this year. They're 18-0 and 0 in their conference, but they've got a Little Rock connection, Justice Hill, um, who uh-huh. was, <clears throat> you know, was going to be a dual uh, football basketball player until, you know, was tied to Mike Anderson. And when he left, he, he left. So, um, but uh, he is the point guard for the Murray State Racers who are 18-0. and 0, And so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if they, what they do in the tournament. Yeah. Look at that. Look at Tony tying it all together, together, man. He was my shortstop for two years. He's like that rug. He's like that rug in in the room that that brings it all together. Ties ties the podcast together. Ties it all together. All right, well, Thanks, dude. you know we can't put a bow, we can't put a bow on this podcast until we know it looks like Tony might be sipping on some red over there. Or yeah, we- tonight's a kind of a, a relaxed night because it is a big weekend for me, so I'm not wanting to get too started off too early. Uh, so tonight I'm drinking. Um, yeah, if anyway, in case anybody knows, it's winter meetings, and I don't know if there's a more important weekend uh, in sports than the winter <laughs> meeting for the Razorback Fantasy Football Can- League. So, can you elaborate just what what winter meetings are? Just yeah, in a so quick, it, just spark notes. Yeah, it's an excuse for us to spend three days trying to figure out what our draft order is going to be in September. Uh, so the actual <laughs> yeah, draft we go pit, over rules, draft, we go over ownership rules and things of that yeah, nature. And, but yeah, we do, we do for about fifteen minutes. But for the rest of the week, <laughs> and the rest is golfing, drinking, and golfing, gambling, and drinking, gambling, going to the racetrack it's it's a great time and i i think this is going to be like the 24th or 25th winter meeting it's the 30th year for our fantasy football league but um but anyway yeah so i want to take it easy because i've got a i've got a golf game at 11 40 and i i i can see lifford's foot joy shirt he's got on now so i got to be careful but i look <laughs> you know i'm ready to play so I'm drinking a merlot it's a four, from 14 hands winery in um washington uh, Columbia Valley, Washington. And here's one of the things that's interesting about it. It's a 2016. I don't talk about wine much on the on the pod, but we may have to do that during the summertime. But a lot of people don't realize Washington makes good wines, and especially their red wines, Merlots and some Cabs. They make good on there. They're probably ten, fifteen dollars less per bottle than you get in um, in Napa or or somewhere else. So check it out. Fourteen Hands. They make good stuff, and it's and it's good and it's affordable, and it, but it's good drinking wine. There we go. All right. Cool. Helping out. If you're trying to drink on a little bit, you want that nice wine, but on there a little bit, a little more of a budget. Yeah. 14 hands. There, there you go. go. You want to impress the chicks, 14 hands. 14. That's all I'm going to say. Just there for the people. Just here for the people. <laughs> here for the people. Here for the people. I, I love it. I didn't like, I love that y'all call it the winter meetings. And it seems like this, like I was telling my, I was telling my fantasy football group, like we need to do winter meetings. And they're all like, I don't want to do winter meetings. That sounds like Syria. I'm like, well, I mean, we're calling it winter meetings, but we're going to go to Oakland and we're just going to set up our draft order. Maybe decide if we want to be PPR or not PPR and just yeah. argue for a little bit. And then the rest is just go, go, go. I mean, there's an argument to be made horses. that winter meetings are uh, actually a little more enjoyable than the draft itself. It's, there, it's, there's uh, an argument to be <laughs> made. There's an argument to be made. I think. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, all right. That wraps us up. Another good episode of the JPP VOD. We will be back in two weeks. So not next week, but we'll be back the week after. We're back, we're, we're back to every other week. So we it. will catch y'all again next time. Guys, it was, good. it was good talking, good kicking it out. Enjoy it. Peace. Peace. The day is here already. My piece of advice, do not, do not bet us point spreads in college basketball tournament because in general or in just general, opening round you could in, in, any time in the NCAA tournament now you, other times if you feel confident team yeah you better but in an NCAA tournament don't bet the the uh the point spread because you just don't know when a team says okay we got a they may have a minus uh, a 15 and a half and they go okay we're going to save these or pull these guys off because we want to be ready to play two days from now and they pull the guys off next thing you know they win by eight and and so in a tournament it's different. And I got burned one year out in Vegas. I decided, well, I can't go to an NCAA tournament site. I can get to Vegas. We went to Vegas uh, for the NCAA tournament and got smoked. Bet the money line if you want to. Find you some good matchups. But I were you still hit point from total the, at times, or would you say? Yeah, point totals. I think you need to. I, somebody else needs to do more research for you on that. But I, the, the, the point spreads are vicious in the NCAA. Well, and. I mean, obviously, I'm sure you can have a hot streak. The way gambling goes, I'm sure you can get hot doing point spreads. But another issue with point spreads is in college, you just don't know. Some teams, when they get down seven, they don't foul. They're like, oh, this game's over with. And some will keep fouling even if there's three seconds left down, eight points. They might go ahead and foul and get free throws. And then yeah. college basketball can be tricky. Yeah. Here's my advice. If you if you got $100 to spend on betting point spreads in the NCAA tournament, Go take it to the roulette table and bet $5 20 times on red or black. Take your choice because that's what you're looking at. And in the tournament. I think in college basketball in general, I think point spreads in college basketball are tough. It's tougher than football. Money line is uh, money lines are fine, and you, you're you, you know you got to you kind of got to parlay the money lines to get some some good return. But anyway, good advice. You ready to start up? Yeah.